Well, good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Rebel News Daily live stream. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and I'm joined by my Calgary-based co-host, Adam Sose. Adam, how's it going? Oh, it's going wonderful. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Another busy weekend in the Freedom Mines, I think, for everybody, including you. Um, Before we get too far into the weeds, I'll tell everybody what we're doing because we have a very busy show today. A lot of stuff. Really... uh, a stuffed sausage of a day, as David Menzies would say. We are um, broadcasting today on YouTube, but we're also on several other platforms, and there's a reason for that. I'll get to that in a second. So the live stream used to just live on YouTube, and it used to just be hosted by Ezra Levant, but then the pandemic struck. There was more news than ever, and our major broadcasters who get money from Justin Trudeau to actually do the news Um, They were doing it. Uh, They decided that local news wasn't important and stories as they broke, not all that important. They all like to gather around a Harrington Lake and wait for Justin Trudeau to shuffle out, run his fingers through his hair and tell everybody that everything was going to be fine if we all just stayed apart from each other. We thought, heck no, there's more news than ever to talk about. So we expanded our live stream that was just on Friday to five workdays a week. And we expanded it from just YouTube to other platforms as well. So we are currently streaming on Odyssey, Rumble, and Super U. And we're also on Getter, on the uh, free speech platform of Getter. So if you're watching us there, I think this begins our fourth week of broadcasting on Getter. And things seem to be going relatively well over there. It looks like my Skype connection's falling apart a little bit. The reason we are spreading out our content like... The live streamer Johnny Appleseed is because YouTube is so (laughs) censorious and there are so many things that we can't say on YouTube, even if it's completely true, even if the science has changed from day to day, even if the CDC is giving different recommendations, if we say it because we're conservative, they will deplatform us altogether. So there may, we're going to do our best to stay on YouTube um, during the stream, but there may come a time that, uh, we will have to cut the YouTube feed, but we would advise you to just join us over on one of those other platforms. So we don't want to say goodbye. We want to say, just see you in a minute. We'll continue the conversation over there. And the beauty of those other three platforms, oh, I have some buzzing in my ear guys in the studio. The beauty of those other three platforms, Odyssey, Rumble, and Super U is that they give you the opportunity to support the work that we do completely willingly. So on Odyssey, you can leave us a hyper chat, a paid chat. We'll read it on air on rumble. You can leave us a rumble rant. It's a paid chat. We will read it on air. If it's a story idea, a question, a comment, whatever. And on super you, you can leave a super you shout. And again, you send us those. We'll read it on air. Um, I think that wraps up all the nuts and bolts. What should we start with Adam? Let's talk Trudeau. How about, what do you think about that? Let's talk. Yeah. So yeah. Trudeau, uh, you know, he's always tried to be the head of the global anti-Trump cabal, right? Like he's fancy, he's mm-hmm. positioned himself as sort of the anti-Trump, fancy, friendly, progressive leader with uh, stupid hair and socks to match. And I think that image of like Davos man which is, I think, how we want it to be, or Davos man. He He's not that anymore. And the world is catching on to what an authoritarian goon he is. And uh, we've got a couple of clips, because he's in London today, talking about, I don't know, world affairs. So Canadians hunker down and prepare to be embarrassed. But um, 
he's we have two clips from some journalists that are on the ground there. Um, the first, let's start with the first one about, or sorry, the second one, where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau arrives at 10 Downing from an <laughs> alternate entrance. Let's show that one first because he has to sneak in the back door. Olivia. Are we going to show it? Is he is he not is he not popular? Global? Is he not a popular figure, Justin Trudeau? I've been led to believe by the CBC and just about everyone else that he's extremely likable and, and popular internationally. Surely those people couldn't be jeering him, not pro- polite British people. They would never they would never do that to Justin Trudeau, would they? Well, that's the thing. Like, those are Canadian flags in the crowd. And so I don't yeah. know if those are um, Canadians, which is could be true. But it could also be... Um, our British friends. Those weren't Canadian accents. (laughs) No, who are holding Canadian flags as the symbol of protest. As we've seen the truckers in on the convoy, the people's convoy, they're waving Canadian flags because much like during the Hong Kong protests, the American flag sort of became the symbol of freedom. The Canadian flag has become the symbol of resistance to COVID measures. Mm -hmm. And so Justin Trudeau, he's supposed to be, I think this morning he met with the queen Um, So while at home in portions of Canada, children are still masked. These two people who have recently recovered from COVID can stand really closely and shake hands. And one of them can be in their 90s. And that's perfectly fine. But we're masking Canadian kids and preventing American or uh, preventing Canadian citizens from flying internally. Okay, fine. But my favorite is Justin Trudeau. We've got a video of him skulking in the back door. If we want to show that. Olivia, please. <laughs> please, Olivia. While, while, <laughs> while that's getting pulled up, and I'll stop talking. There we go. So yeah. Wait, look it. Where's Johnson? Met him at the back door. <laughs> Smiling and waving at nobody happy. Um, look it's at him just. Talking. Yeah. <laughs> Did he just put his mask in his pocket? So he's out. Probably. I think he put his mask in his pocket. Theater man. And then he puts it on in his pocket, shakes Boris Johnson's hand, and sneaks in the back door. Goes inside yeah. without. He wears the mask outside. Goes inside with the mask off. Yeah. Because of the like, science. Oh, I just my my hand is gross because I touched my germy yeah. mask. Let me touch yeah. your hand now. Science oh, strikes again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's the most incredible thing. And I think the thing that probably rubs like Trudeau the wrong way, the most out of all of this is the people who are the most emotional about what the Canadian flag now means that I've spoken with are, are very often people. I remember someone who was from central Africa. Um, I spoke to someone whose family lost family in Vietnam. Um, I, yeah. people who have basically lived through atrocities and hardships and have come to Canada to escape all of that. And Mr. Sunny ways, welcome to all immigrants, Justin, Trudeau was to them, at least when they came like, uh, Oh, well things are better and things are nicer in Canada. Yeah. And then they've, 
they've seen what was happening in their country happen under Justin Trudeau. And it's amazing. These people, and it's always with tear filled eyes without faults. And these are the people that Justin Trudeau would put up on a poster and tokenize. Um, but these people with tear filled eyes, I've heard it probably 10 times. And the words always sort of shock me to my core. They say this, the symbol of the Canadian flag, I am once again, proud to be Canadian or proud to be Albertan when they attend these protests, they've, they lost it for two years. And they're saying again, now, thanks to these truck truckers, thanks to some of these people fighting for freedoms, these people who are supposed to be, uh, certainly not among the racists and misogynists and all this stuff that they say that these protests are, well, these people, when you talk to them, when you run into them in public, when they recognize me, I'm on, I'm on a bike path and someone stops me me and yeah. they said they lost family in vietnam they're saying i am once again proud to be canadian so uh yeah that's uh, it's those people it's not canadian citizens necessarily always especially when he's abroad uh those those are definitely some very uh distinct scouse accents amidst those jeers yeah. so uh yeah i don't think those are canadians no but they're I, flying that freedom symbol there's little to no awareness uh, coming out of this government about anything yeah. that they have done, not only over the last two years to civil liberties, yeah. but let's say over the last month. So uh, we've got this video from uh, head video or head of video Efron who clipped it for us. Can we show Justin Trudeau um, talking about slippage in our democracies? Because what is he even talking about, if not about himself? I don't. Um, this the, no, I met earlier right with way. Boris. We discussed. That's the that's the clip from what he talked about with Boris Johnson today. I'm talking about the one the. It's from Efron's Twitter feed, and it talks about slippage in democracies. Mm. If you could find, and that. I think that other clip he even talks about. He not directly, he doesn't use the same words, but he is talking about freedom of the press and all these sorts of things. Yeah, but we'll he, like you said, yeah, <laughs> while, while the clips, while the clips being pulled up, there's just like no self-awareness in any way, shape or form from this guy. Um, everything that he's saying presumably is directed against Putin or is directed against conservatives or is directed against Fox news or rebel news or whoever. Um, but yeah, here, here's the, uh, yeah. And we've come to a moment that, quite frankly, we've seen coming over the past years. And we've talked about it in, in, in the news, not just about Ukraine, but about democracies around the world, that we see a bit of a slippage in our democracies. <laughs> Countries turning towards slightly yep. more authoritarian yep. leaders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> countries allowing increasing misinformation and disinformation to be shared on social media, turning people against the values and the principles of democracies that are so strong. Not just allowing state funding it. Yeah. And that slippage over the years, unfortunately emboldened Putin and made him think that he could get away with this, that he could get away with it in Ukraine. And we've come to a moment that, quite uh, frankly, that's good. Yeah, that's good. We've seen like so that that's a uh, that's a self that's a self aware, critical, astute political observer, observer decrying Justin Trudeau's uh, leadership. Oh no, that's Justin Trudeau talking about Putin. That's it could Justin be either Trudeau. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, All right, Olivia, I just dropped this in the Slack chat where we put all of our stuff for the live stream, and the very same day. 
again, no self-awareness whatsoever. Uh, Foreign Affairs Canada or Global Affairs Canada or whatever they call it now says Canada is concerned about recent moves to restrict media freedom and prevent <laughs> access to media in Russia. And I'm like, didn't you guys just bring in an, an internet censorship bill? Like just yeah. very recently, like, and you keep bringing it in. You keep trying to get this thing passed. Um, the right of freedom of opinion and expression is a cornerstone of safe and prosperous societies. I agree. I'm just pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that's why we don't have a safe and prosperous society. You guys <laughs> it, that that's the case. But so quit pepper spraying our journalists. That yeah, would be a tear ganister to the leg for freedom. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 insane. And I mean, and this coming from the government that attempt to attempted to exclude us from the leadership debates when we're one of the yeah. only outlets. You know, one of the big topics there was was there a conflict of interest? Were we agents in the story? And the judge, federal judge, rightly ruled that and stated that state funded media very much has an interest and a conflict of interest, probably more than we do as independent media, because we're not beholden to the government to get our grants. We're beholden to well ultimately nobody the thousands and thousands and millions of people who watch and decide to chip in 50 bucks 100 bucks which greatly appreciated please go donate at rebelnews.com but (laughs) we we don't get five six million dollars billions of dollars 600 million dollars we're not getting these big checks cut from the government they have a conflict of interest and they're getting paid by the people they're supposed to report on and supposed to hold accountable um justin trudeau wants to destroy any outlet that isn't being fed by his very hand. Um, and, and, and they tried to exclude us from the leadership debates when we were the one outlet that was going to ask not what books Justin Trudeau likes to read, but real questions. Um, they, they tried to silence us. And then when we're on location, they try and exclude us from covering it. When Alexa's on the front lines and rebel news are the only journalists actually covering these protests and everyone else is sitting behind the police lines and getting police escorts. We're doing the real journalism, Justin Trudeau shooting tear gas canisters at us and excluding us from areas. Um, and then he has the audacity, him and his government who have attacked freedoms on a unparalleled level in Canadian history, frankly, um, especially when we're not faced with a massive crisis, like a world war or the FLQ or something like that. He's yeah, attacked freedoms. And then yeah. it's this old, it's this standard communist play of just accusing people of doing exactly what you're doing. Like you're distracting from exactly what you're doing by saying, look, they're doing that thing. They're going after journalists. They're excluding critical voices. Um, it's, it's wild. The lack of self-awareness is absolutely staggering from Justin Trudeau, or maybe it is there and he just doesn't care. Well, he knows that even, even if he were self-aware and I'm not sure that he's there yet, like, I don't think he's even (laughs) self-aware as self-aware as like your rudimentary AI program. I don't think he's there yet, Mm. but even if he were, uh, who's going to hold him to account? Like he gets away with saying this stuff and there's nobody in the media saying, uh, Tamara Litch has been in jail for three weeks for the crime of honking and encouraging people to hold the line. In yeah. like counseling to commit mischief, not even mischief. She's in jail, yeah. bank accounts frozen. And this guy has the audacity to talk about how other countries treat their protesters. Yeah. It's insane. Well, it's wild. And and look, even even in a more dramatic thing, as if it could be more dramatic than what's happened to Damara Lich. And we'll talk about this, but Pastor Arthur Pawlowski 
he wasn't an organizer of a blockade. He wasn't an organizer of a convoy. He's a pastor. He went down to Coots for an afternoon and prayed and he's been in jail for weeks, denied bail because he's a dangerous criminal. While murderers, sex offenders, drug dealers, pimps get bail, Tamara Lich and Pastor Arthur Pawlowski are sitting behind bars to this very day. Um, very much and rightly so, countries are calling for Canada to be put on watch lists while Justin Trudeau has the audacity. Yeah, we deserve it. 100%. Well, well, and we'll talk about this. We'll talk about what happened to David as well, but people are being targeted by our court systems because of their political ideologies. And we, we, I, I did an interview with Derek from just uh, last week, I think it was about this justice Pazarats and the Supreme court of Ontario uh, ruling on a family court matter. And he basically flat out lays out that in 14 points, the judicial system's completely fallen apart. We've lost track of due process. And we hear politicians talking about lawlessness and, and they're right to decry lawlessness, but it's not Tamara or pastor Arthur. It's the court systems and it's the politicians politicians who are completely circumventing the charter of rights, the criminal code, all of these things just to do whatever they want and to silence opposition. Um, it's, it's incredible how nefarious it is. And then for him to have the audacity to just take a step forward and say, uh, Putin is doing these terrible, terrible things that we fundamentally decry in Canada. Well, you're doing them. It's great that you yeah. decry them, but in typical hypocritical fashion, you, you're doing what you decry. Yeah, at least you and I can reasonably say, I don't like it when Putin does it, and I don't like it when Justin Trudeau does it, and I don't like it when Jason Kenney does it. They can't say that. They can't honestly no. denounce Putin for his treatment of journalists and protesters with a straight face, knowing full well that they are guilty of those exact same things. We should finish with Trudeau. Then we'll get into yeah. Tamara and what's happening there. So let's finish with yeah. Trudeau because we have that clip uh, and I haven't seen it yet of whatever he talked about with Bojo today. Oh, man. I'm sure this is great. Yeah. Longer security ties, continuing to defend our shared values, uh, continuing to our work together on advancing free trade and creating more middle class jobs uh, and also on climate action where we need to build a sustainable, secure future. I also had a bilateral meeting with Mark Rutte where we talked about the enhanced importance of NATO, uh, continuing to work together to fight disinformation and protecting freedom of the press and continuing to work uh, strongly with our friends in the European Union. But of course, throughout, uh, the focus is on the people of Ukraine and our solidarity with Ukraine, our pushing back against uh, the illegal uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine uh, and uh, standing up for democracies around the world. Every time I hear these people say fighting disinformation, I translate it in my head to censoring critics because that is yeah. the tool that they are going to use to say it. The pro the th sure, there's disinformation out there. Sure, people are wrong on the internet, but the yeah. response to that is not to censor the internet. It's to allow more internet freedom for the free and liberal yeah. exchange of ideas. You don't protect journalists by censoring the ones you don't like. You're prote yeah. protecting a cabal and you're protecting your own party, but you're not doing anything that advances journalistic freedom. And I don't know. I don't know how Justin Trudeau gets away with saying these things, except for the fact that he's bought off all the media. Because well, that, I, if that would be my next question, how do you plan to dis censor disinformation without censoring free speech? You yeah. can't. Well, 
And this is the thing is the, the, what he describes as disinformation and has repeatedly are the types of things and to stay on YouTube, I won't say them, but the types of things that we've been saying for months. And then a week later, every major outlet is saying them. And we're like, look, we pulled up the statistics. We looked at the facts. This is clearly what's actually happening. We do the reporting a week later, everyone watches our live stream and then says the same thing. No, but the, yeah. they look at the facts for themselves and they say the same thing. Well, a week earlier when we were just the first ones on it, cause we were doing actual journalism, that's disinformation and that needs to be censored. But almost everything he says there, like Justin Trudeau has done nothing for the middle class, working class people. Um, he's made life more expensive. All he does is when he talks climate action, a car, carbon tax that doesn't affect the rich all too much, but it absolutely devastates families who are dealing with $600 heating bills last month, um, myself yep. included in a relatively small yep. house, wild, unbelievable things that are just damaging society. And then he's attacking anyone who dares criticize him, shutting down free press, buying out just about everybody except for the few outlets that dare to stay independent and dare to rely on their viewers. Once again, go to rebelnews.com to donate. Um, but it's everything he says is the opposite of what he actually does. He, he, everything he says is double speak. Almost the only thing that I believe there is 100%. He's very much in favor of NATO and that sort of agenda. I think that's the only thing that he says there that he actually believes everything else. He's literally saying the opposite. And you know, I, on the note of whether or not he's self-aware, I know we like to pretend that he is entirely just a simpleton exclusively being told what he says, but how often can you say the exact opposite of everything you're doing without fail by accident? Right. Like he's either in, he's either entirely, entirely deluded. And he thinks anyone who disagrees with him is misinformation and he's freeing the world for democracy. And, and he's completely off his rocker and needs serious help or he's semi-aware. And I think for the degree of precision with which he can say the opposite of what's true, like clockwork, there has to be an element of awareness. Then um, I think this whole idea that he's entirely innocent and entirely clueless is part of the reason that he gets away with things. Perhaps it's part of the reason media gives him a free pass because he's just the nice guy with the socks. I think Christia Freeland does the same thing as well. She acts kind of silly, but the fact is she's, she's a WEF board member. Russian Intel has dossiers on her as an agent. They call her, um, <laughs> she acts very silly, um, and, and, and has these sort of almost performative, like, like ticks that she does. And both of them act so incredibly silly, but then they're very orchestrated and they seem to be doing this intentional double speak all the time. So I'll leave it at that. We've talked about Trudeau enough. I'm sure people are sick of it, but yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. We'll uh, wrap it up with a couple of uh, chats that we can't, that came in about Justin Trudeau, and then we'll move on to Tamara because this, yeah. what's happening to Tamara is authoritarianism in action. Yeah. It's a disgrace. It shouldn't happen in the Western world, but it has happened repeatedly in Canada over the course of the pandemic. So we've got mm -hmm. uh, Becca Henderson gives us a buck. What is it with Trudeau's obsession with disinformation, misinformation? It's like a game with him of trying to bring it into every speech or conversation. It's creepy. He's trying to train you to accept censorship as the benevolent fighting of 
misinformation and disinformation. So when they say misinformation, that's just people being wrong on the internet. You don't need the government to intervene there. People have been wrong on the internet since the internet existed. Uh, Open up your Facebook. Think about the stupidest person you went to high school with. Go look at their Facebook page full of misinformation. That's how it works. But he's saying disinformation, which is a little bit different. That is uh, like foreign government agenda uh, fueling disinformation. And he's trying to train you to accept the coming censorship as this benevolent fighting of foreign meddling in our affairs. So it's he's just changing this. He's conditioning the public. He's conditioning his media enablers. And I think it's working, yep. unfortunately. Big brother's taking care of you. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. That's why they call it big brother, because it's evil, yeah. but it's treating it, it, it wants you to accept it as benevolent. B. Bappus gives us a buck says video keeps freezing probably was it was probably my Skype uh, freezing up and uh, we've got Paul Otto Newman gives us five bucks can we get Lewis Brackpool to follow Justin Castro around London and interview the protesters you know what I think it's late in the day there a little bit but I wish I had thought of that a lot sooner um, to send Lewis out to London to interview the protesters I bet they would have some very interesting things to say Uh Twinks gives us a buck. Democracy equals debate without contrary multiple opinions. You have no democracy. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's not, we're not supposed to be a a homogenous society. Like the liberals keep talking about diversity. They won't shut up about diversity, but all they care about is how you look as opposed to how you Hmm. think and how you feel and how you react and the opinions you hold and the way you practice your faith and and all those things. That's true diversity. They only care about the surface level stuff. And I was reliably told by the left for very many years that you're not supposed to judge people by how they look, but here we are. And that's another of those double speak things. Diversity, what they mean is sameness. Like we want want some uh, external appearances of diversity, but we all are supposed to be the same. How many people have, how many times have have progressive or liberal or Democrat politicians said, well, if you don't vote a certain way, you're not really the racial group you belong to. Uh, Things like that. It's it's tokenism, 100%. If you don't vote for Joe Biden, you ain't black. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, it's, it's, it is the news, like war is peace. Diversity is strength. They don't mean real diversity. Of course, a diversity of talents, someone's better at this, someone's better at that. That's capitalism. That's how it works. And then they exchange those goods. Um, they don't mean that they mean uh, appearances of diversity. It looks like a mosaic, but really everyone is a hive mind and they're doing what Justin Trudeau says. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've just seen it completely. Freedom of the press is Censorship is fighting misinformation. That's uh, what Justin Trudeau hammers at home in every single speech that he makes about this issue. Okay, let's move on to Tamara, because this um, is an international disgrace akin to locking up pastors. Um, Tamara Litch, an organizer with the Freedom Convoy to Ottawa that occupied, occupied, protested. (laughs) That's another Orwellian doublespeak thing. They didn't occupy anything. They protested in their nation's capital as Canadians. Government decisions. Where the heck else are they supposed to go to protest the government except where the government is? Anyway, Tamara Litch has been held in jail. In jail. This peaceful woman from Medicine Hat. uh, Since February 17th. So we are going on three weeks. Is that right? Yeah. Going on three weeks now. 
She was behind the GoFundMe campaign to raise money for the convoy to Ottawa, which was shut down after raising $10 million. And that's another story in and of itself because GoFundMe's lawyers, GoFundMe, you're not a good company. You're gross. But their lawyers said, we relied on information given to us by the police and by the mayor's office that these people were violent, attackers, blah, 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 blah. And for GoFundMe, their lawyers are saying, why would the mayor lie to us? Why would the police lie to us? So they canceled it based on the fact that this was just this violent, I don't know, trucker chaz happening in Ottawa. But that wasn't the case. And they said we relied on credible information from these people to suspend the convoy fundraising. But it wasn't. There were no arrests for any of the things that Watson and the police said were happening. There were uh, 197. Crime was down. Crime was down. There were 197 arrests or charges. Most of them are traffic or mischief related. However, mischief in Canada has now been elevated to like attempted murder based on how they're treating Tamara and denying her bail. So um, we will we should hopefully get uh, a judgment today on whether or not Tamara is going to be released on bail. And there is absolutely no excuse to continue to hold this woman if she were found guilty of counseling to commit mischief, because that's what she didn't even commit mischief. They charged with counseling to commit mischief, which is, which is basically telling somebody it would be pretty cool if you continued honking, but that's what she's in jail for. Um, there's no reason to hold her because even if she were found guilty, she would have been out a long time. She never would have seen the inside of a jail cell, but they're still holding her. And that's what we're seeing is, is in all these cases, whether it be the pastors, whether it be Tamara in almost all these instances, and Sarah Miller said this repeatedly, and Sarah Miller is not a, an ideologue. She's just a good lawyer and she's doing good good law. Cares about civil liberties. Yeah, exactly. And she's saying like, the appropriate punishment for some of these things. Well, I mean, realistically, there's no appropriate punishment, but the mo- the only sensible punishment is like, here's a $500 fine. Here's a thousand dollar fine for violating the health order, fight it, agree with it, disagree with it. But in all of these cases, the, the crimes are being met with absurd banana Republic ideological imprisonment. That's what this is. 100%. These people in Canada are political prisoners. There's no if, ands, or buts about it because literally, as you said, and I think that's the most jarring point. If these people are guilty, if everyone in the jail right now, pastor, Arthur, Tara, uh, Tamara, rather, uh, whoever it may be, um, if they're guilty of these crimes, the, the, the appropriate punishment is not jailing for weeks. It just simply isn't. It's that's not an appropriate punishment for these crimes. They, and they know that they're keeping them and not allowing them bail until the court proceeds because they're going to get, Oh, time served or something. Cause it, it, it's absolutely impossible to actually hold someone in jail on a counseling mischief charge. It's, it's unreal. Uh, it's, it's insane, which should actually yeah. take us into um, your uh, your update on Pastor Art's brother, David, because oh. David, I mean, the fact that Art is still in jail, as you point out, yeah. for giving a sermon to truckers and saying, hold the line. He's been charged under the critical infrastructure uh, 
Protection Act. Defense Act. The name of it wrong. Yeah. Defense Act. Defense Act. Yeah. Yeah. I like how they shoehorn defense in there to make it seem like it's like a war measures kind of thing. But so mm. he's the first person charged under this for giving a sermon to truckers that said, hold the line. The truckers who were blockading the Coots border have not been charged yeah. under this. Um, so the people actually doing the blockading, they yeah. were charged. Not that I want them charged. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing no. that out. And they still could potentially get charged, um, but they haven't been charged. And then now... Art's in jail. Then they nab David in a routine check stop of commercial vehicles. He's driving the church van, which is just, yeah. I mean, it's its funny how these, these two end up in routine stops all the time. But why don't you yeah. give us an update about what's happening there? Yeah. So, and one of the things I just want to say really quickly before it was so interesting, I, I was covering a wet to wet and gas line protest with a bunch of Antifa types and stuff. They were blocking and it wasn't like they coordinated with police to march through downtown, which by the way, this weekend happened and counter protesters blocked the road. And instead of moving the counter protesters, they moved the march around them because, Hey, guess what? The March people are peaceful. Um, but so the, the year, this was, this was months ago, but the wet to wet and protest, they blocked city transit lines and they blocked intersections. And I said, 100% of conservative groups did this. They would shut them down with the military. Yep. Well, lo and behold, that's what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so this is insane. And I do have an interview coming up. I, I interviewed Sarah Miller about this already. I met with David Pavlovsky, who's now out of jail. Um, but the, the wild thing, and I have even more details about how he was pulled over, um, the reason he was arrested, and this is absolutely shocking. And this isn't a Sarah Miller update. So, Given his vaccination status, which I don't want to disclose, but he's stated it publicly, um, many of the approved places that would typically accommodate volunteer work, which they were assigned by Justice Germain on the original contempt of court charges, for those who aren't up to date, um, we were we appealed the contempt court these latest the contempt ruling the latest charges are effectively duplicate charges of that ruling um and so the compelled speech uh element and the no travel element that justice adam germain uh, implemented on both pavlovsky's as part of their sanctions uh, that's being appealed so uh, an appeal court basically said those don't come into effect until this has been appealed all that was in place until that appeal process is finished is the the money they've already paid as a, as a penalty and then the community service that they had to do. As you very likely know, Pastor Arthur and David, basically all they do is community service. They yeah, feed the homeless. They take care of people. Um, part of that ruling was also that they aren't allowed to do the community service at their own church. So their ongoing community service, uh, that cannot count towards it. So they found some other opportunities and, sorry, and did and some. And it suffers. Yeah. And it suffers when you take David and Art out of their church where they feed yeah. the homeless. If you take the homeless people the homeless suffer. Don't the homeless people suffer. They don't get fed. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, go on. And unfortunately, I will say the, the church has come together and they're rallying to make sure because those, despite COVID-19, despite Arthur being in jail, the homeless people, they're not going to let them starve. Um, so they are rallying um, to take care of that. But um, Pastor Arthur, um, sorry, uh, David, did some community service, continued to do his street church community service, but the sort of sanctioned and approved places where he could go do community service 
they would not accept people based on vaccine status. Make of that what you will. I don't like disclosing people's information. Um, so the places that they kind of wanted or suggested that people would typically go to do volunteer service wouldn't take David Pawlowski. So he paid the fines. He was doing community work. He was seeking community work. And the probation's officer basically reported him for not finishing his his community service um but he couldn't because they weren't accepting people who weren't vaccinated effectively is the story and david said this sarah said this so it's publicly available so effectively they they're being they've been arrested several times i think david's actually been arrested 13 times but since covid 19 five times three incarcerations um never for criminal activity just for feeding the poor without the right permit or whatever um or some silly parking infraction but um so ultimately all of this stems from persecution over vaccine status restrictions, interrupting church service. And now that he's doing the penalty, doing the community service, they actually hauled him back in. And I I wanted to talk a little bit about the sort of check stop situation. So um, uh, he was driving home, I believe, from the remand center at a protest. And uh, it was actually a sheriff. It wasn't RCMP. It wasn't police. It was the sheriffs that waved him over and stopped him. Um, and then they walked around the vehicle for about 30 minutes. Um, he was sitting there wondering what's going on. He saw them putting on tactical gear. And at this point, the Pavlovskis are like, are they going to do something crazy? Like what is going on here? Um, and then basically, so they, they kind of made it seem like, Oh, we're just checking some things and whatever. Lo and behold, 30 minutes later, all those vehicles pulled up in the gear. They set up all the barricades. Um, they kind of made it seem they, yeah, they made it seem as though it's just like, a well, we're just checking some people. And of course they got their guy. Um, so they arrested him. They pulled him out of his vehicle. The other thing that's sort of shocking, and we've mentioned this before though, but um, he, he asked very politely, that's what he's saying here in the video. Like, well, can I just pull my vehicle over here and I'll have someone get it. We need it to load the food up for the homeless people. Eventually the police actually do accommodate him and let him do that. Can I pull over and somebody can, and somebody can pick up the truck. Is yeah, that we'll okay? Yeah, we'll that in a moment, okay? We yeah. Well, obviously you want to arrest me, right? So can I just pull over so that my nephew can pick up the church vehicle? Guys, this is a church vehicle. Come on, guys. Yeah, we'll get like, you like, to move the vehicle over to the side. I'm public back. enemy number one right there. He's like, please, yeah. guys, this is a church vehicle. So this, this random check, Nathaniel Pawlowski, Arthur's son and his nephew, um, immediately they'd already spoken at this point. Nathaniel called me right as this was happening to kind of let me know. Um, so you get the story out to you right away, but so Nathaniel got there in no time flat. Cause he's like, Oh, I don't want them to tow the truck. We need it for to help feed homeless people. So he got there right away. The check stop with the, with the sheriff's vehicles that just happened to be stopping people there was entirely gone. The pylons were gone. There was no more trucks there. There was nothing. And I mean, I don't think they're saying, I don't think they're professing that it was like a DUI check stop, but it was just a random traffic stop. Um, so, but they were all gone. There was no, yeah, they got the one guy. It's, it's, uh, they just happened to set up these stops in weird areas and happened to get their guys. Um, and the wild thing about this and Sarah Miller said this, these are effectively duplicate charges of something that's already being appealed. All of this, every single one of these charges, it's going to be catastrophic for the government. If the appeals process and the, the entire sort of appeal comes back and says that they were clearly targeted and persecuted all of this ongoing persecution, these ongoing arrests, the ongoing incarceration are just compounding 
Like it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I want to be clear to people out there who, who maybe don't like Arthur or don't understand the Pavlovskis. Uh, they like, they're, they're praying. Don't Archer knows he's brash. David knows that he's brash. They know this. They know not everyone likes their style to be blunt. When they're not preaching, they're actually super calm and very, very normal. Um, art, very kind, incredibly kind. Um, like I've got Polish family, very similar to being over at Polish family's house. If you go in to do an interview, we generally don't, but they're very sort of welcome and, and, and kind and gracious and all that. But publicly Arthur, Arthur preaches a certain way. And, uh, he's because of that strong preaching style, he's garnered a lot of international attention. Obviously his arrests have certainly compounded that, but, um, they are not going out there committing crimes. They are not going out there damaging the community. They're not going out there harming anybody all of this ultimately stems from them and i this is insane but I, I i say this every week but it's important that people really understand there were some covid restrictions in place arthur wasn't willing to let homeless people starve or to kick people who need him lots of these people are people with rough backgrounds who have yeah. very likely were not going to make it by their own admission and arthur saved them he says, listen, I'm not closing my church to people who maybe are former addicts or have lived on the streets and are now coming to church and turning their lives around. And I'm certainly not going to let people freeze to death or uh, go hungry in the middle of winter. I'm going to keep doing this stuff because it's life-saving and it's vital. That's what the Pavlowskis have done. Now, does that rub them at odds with the government? Sure. Should it land them in jail? Absolutely not. Same thing with Lich and the, and the trucker convoy. These people are 100% being targeted in a disproportionate fashion because they echo talking points that aren't in line with Justin Trudeau and his cronies. They're the, uh, these people who stand up for freedom and feed the homeless. They're the misinformation in the eyes of Justin Trudeau. Which actually is a great segue into, uh, a conservative MP doing something good and conservative in an attempt to yes. conserve some liberty. Full mm-hmm. disclosure, this is my MP, Garnet Jenis. We go to church together. I don't often see him at church. I think I go to a different mass time. Um, but he's my MP, member of parliament for sure, Park Fort, Saskatchewan. Uh, Olivia, I just dropped this in the Slack chat if you want to bring up the PDF of his private member's bill. Mm-hmm. because he sees a problem here and he's going to address it. Now, will we get the liberals to go along with it? Probably not, even though if you care about all those things, the liberals literally won't shut up about, you would support yeah. this. I don't know how you couldn't support this. If you look, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, at what Putin's doing to protesters and and you say as the Canadian government, boy, that's wrong what Putin's doing, wouldn't you want to reinforce this? So you can click on that and then just uh, bring it up so people can see what it's about. So... This is my MP's private member's bill to address the political discrimination under the Federal Human Rights Act. Today, Garnet Jenis, Conservative Shadow Minister for International Development, spoke about his private member's bill, C-257, an act to amend the Human Rights Act protecting against discrimination based on political belief. Bill C-257 would amend the Canadian Human Rights Act to add political belief and political activity to categories of prohibited grounds for discrimination. So they cannot fire you if they find out that you were in the convoy, or they cannot fire you if they find out that you are an organizer for the PPC. They can't, because that would be protected political activity. Currently, there are no federal protections. This I find outrageous. 
There are no federal protections against discrimination on the basis of political beliefs or activity. This leaves individuals vulnerable to discrimination, threatening their rights to freedom of speech and their freedom to be involved in the democratic process without reprisal. This bill is about protecting the rights of individuals, their freedom of speech and their belief to be involved in the democratic process without facing reprisals. But it is also about realizing the benefits that come with a free democracy and a robust civil society, said Janice. Workers and all Canadians should have their rights protected and should be able to express themselves and involve themselves in the democratic process without fear of political discrimination. This bill would allow exceptions for bona fide occupations regarding occupations where political partisanship or political neutrality are reasonable requirements for employment. So, you know, if you wouldn't want somebody who was overtly NDP in a, you know, a public sector job where their job is specifically to be politically neutral. So that yeah. makes the exception for this. So if you've demonstrated that you're not politically neutral, maybe that job isn't for you. And that that wouldn't be discrimination. It would be a job requirement to be politically neutral. So this won't touch on that. <coughs> excuse me. Canadians must be free to express, <coughs> excuse me, and act on their political beliefs within the law and with the protection of the law. They should not face intimidation or discrimination while doing so, either by governments or private employers, said Jenis. This freedom is essential for a strong democracy with a robust and independent civil society. This is uh, an MP doing a good thing. Will it get yeah. support of his party? For sure. Will it get support of the Liberals? Probably not. Will the NDP vote with the Liberals? Yep. Yeah. And it's it's so sad that Justin Trudeau has made this essential. I think the reason that that this maybe isn't on the books already is because it was a given and an understanding that one, maybe we don't necessarily need to discuss politics in the workplace. Well, Justin Trudeau has thrown that out the window. Um, that he's thrust his politics into the workplace and and fired anyone or forced companies for anyone who doesn't agree with him. Um, so Justin Trudeau has made this very much essential. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm well aware probably in the past there's been some biases or some people didn't get a promotion because they didn't have the right political ideologies, but it's never been, it's never been to the extent that it is so aggressively uh, enforced this ideology that, that we need this. I'm sure it's happened, but we don't, we haven't needed this so universally before as we do right now. Um, and it's so interesting, Justin Trudeau, we go back to those original comments about authoritarianism and slippage and, and enforcement of, of political ideologies at a federal level. Um, well, that's what Justin Trudeau is doing. And that's why this uh, setting it's two C257 is required. It's absolutely essential right now because people are losing their job people. And it's not only that people are losing the job, people are literally being imprisoned based on their political ideology. And it's a different story altogether. He says within the context of the law. So let's say you are, you weren't a fan of the blockades. Well, there there's infrastructure defense act and there's other sort of legal metrics in place for that already. What you shouldn't be fired for is saying, Oh, and I'm, 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 I'm not saying this. I'm just saying, Oh, I support the truckers and I think freedom is good. Um, you, you should be able to say that in a free society without fear of being fired. You should be able to tweet, Oh, I like Maxime Bernier and I think he'd be a good leader without fear of your employer 
pulling your tweet up and firing you because that's your personal political ideology. As long as it's legal, it's an, it's an opinion that you should be able to express. And, and it, it's so sad to see, and it goes back to what you said earlier, just the attack on free speech and, and more so the attack on free thought within society it is being so suppressed. So it's good to see a conservative doing an actual conservative thing, a conservative doing a, a thing that stands up for freedoms that stands up for freedom of speech and stands up for individual rights. Cause that's ultimately what, uh, what, what the government is supposed to do in this country. Their job is not to run our lives. Their job is to stand up for and ensure our freedoms aren't trampled. Yeah. Uh, Garnett's had a pretty good week. Um, well, at least he did last week and I, I anticipate this will be a great week for him too. Um, because he's talking also about, and he should, because he's the MP from, you know, refinery row. So <laughs> he's been talking a lot about, um, how, uh, buying oil from Russia and oligarchs destabilizes the peace and security of the world. Um, so maybe we'll go to this Axios article and then we'll go to Jason Kenney's reaction to it. And then we'll go to Garnet's video about, um, buying Russian oil because it ties right into my campaign um, where mm -hmm. I might need a little help from my friend Adam to deliver a petition to the American consulate in Calgary, but we'll get to that. Happy in a second. To do so it. The, thank you. The Axios article is a scoop. Um, although I, this should really surprise no one since like last year, Biden was begging OPEC to increase production of their oil while he was yanking permits in the United States for drilling and canceling the permit on the Keystone XL pipeline that would bring freedom yeah. fuel from here in Alberta to uh, refineries in the United States. And it would create Canadian jobs, American jobs, and alleviate some of those uh, price pressures um, with regard to the cost of gas. But what is supply and demand when you're It makes Democrat? too much sense. It <laughs> makes too much sense. Okay, so here's the Axios scoop. Biden advisors are weighing a trip to Saudi Arabia to plead for them to up production of oil. Again, Joe Biden is sitting on top of all kinds of oil that you could just frack right out of the ground. Uh, we'd love to sell you a pile, Joe, if you just let yeah. us finish that pipeline. But he would rather go and grovel to the Saudis for some of their blood oil. Maybe, maybe we need to change our approach here. Maybe we need to launch an entire campaign about how Alberta is locking up pastors and persecuting people and violating human rights. Then Biden will want to buy our oil. Maybe that's the approach we need to take. This gets even worse because there's been oh. an embargo on Venezuelan oil for a couple of years now based on their human rights uh, problems there which I, I don't know if we should get too uppity about. But anyway, Biden officials are in Venezuela this weekend <laughs> to meet with the government of President Nicolas Maduro. Mm -hmm. Some Republicans and Democrats in Washington suggest Venezuela's <clears throat> oil could replace Russia's. How about so Alberta's? How about America's oil replaces Venezuelan oil and Russian oil? How about that? How about we help you? We're here. We have the oil. We'd love to stick it in a pipeline and send it to you. So you're not propping up the socialist kleptocrats in Venezuela and the Saudis. What planet is yeah. this? 
It's and and I I literally other than crazy sketchy back world dealings, what what we the pipe is there? It's literally just like put a Lego piece, finish yeah, the pipe. We've like got the ethical bit. oil right here. We're 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 long term allies. I think we might have won a few wars together. Um, the the relationship is right there. It's self evident. Anyone paying attention and the entire the entire world of Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden and all of these people any solution except for the self-evident solution that is readily available right here. Anything that involves a dramatic increase in human suffering, the loss of human rights, um, unethical oil, slave labor, the spread of communism in Venezuela. Like basically if they they need women's something rights, really bad, LGBTQ women's rights, rights. <laughs> all of that, Every decision they make, it has to, it's, it's, they want oil that is an affront to once again, everything they stand for. And I literally, I can't begin to wrap my head around it. And I don't understand how people out there, I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but for people who are on board, on board with Biden, for people who are tweeting, I stand with Justin Trudeau, like, why, what is it? You're, you're so militantly opposed to Alberta oil that you'll take Venezuelan oil where guess what? The population's weight has dropped. I think 20% cause they're all starving to death on average, uh, Saudi Arabia, like, Oh yeah, they're a great uh, promoter of human rights and dignity. And that clearly their oil is extremely ethical. You'll take all of that. You'll, you'll tanker this is for the environmentalists. You'll have it tankered over oceans instead of pipelines way safer and you'll have it tankered over oceans, potentially leading to a spill over connecting this last little bit of pipeline and having Alberta oil go. And furthermore, why on earth are Canadians spending money, bringing this oil in instead of helping our own industries? They're taking our tax dollars that we've been contributing in abundance. And instead of buying oil from us, I think we should absolutely stop paying anything out whatsoever. They can have some oil if they want, but they can't have any more dollars. It's absolutely insane. And I, I'd love to see the motivations that go behind this. If there's not some sort of backroom dealings explanation, I can't possibly conceive of an explanation to justify this well and as i tend to be annoyed with jason kenny on a day-to-day -day basis he got this one right because he pointed out in a tweet how ridiculous it is that joe biden yeah. is running around to the enemies of freedom asking for help when yeah. he could just say like hey alberta give me a hand so Instead of running off to Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, I, I mean, I think we're letting we, the Americans, the free world are letting Iran quarterback something with Russia right now. Like it's strange times. All the world's bad guys are in control right Basically, now. Jason you have to be on the UN Human Rights Council to sell oil, which tells you everything right. you need to know. Sorry, carry on. Exactly. The human rights council i think yeah. russia was on the security council when they launched an offensive into iran yeah. <laughs> anyways um jason kenny says alberta would be delighted to welcome such a visit from president joe biden um we could discuss how to ship nearly one million barrels of oil per day responsibly uh, it's from USA's closest friend and ally. All it would take is his approval for Keystone XL. Easy. But Joe Biden's really painted him into a corner because really the Democrat Party is um, liberals, 
and this uh, weird, uh, I don't know, coalition with crazy people. Um, the AOC yeah. wing of the party, and then there's the Clinton wing of the party, and uh, one needs the other to form government, and they are really right now the AOC crazy people Green New Deal part of the party yeah. is running the show, but that doesn't mean yeah. that they're against oil and gas because it's obvious they know they need it. Well, they just and- can't develop it at home because they don't want to make the NIMBY environmentalists mad. Yeah. Well, and that's so funny. And that, that is, we're saying what could be a possible explanation for something that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, if you have two people with polar opposite views, one with personal sort of military oil interests in the middle East or in some of these other places and, and those dealings, and then the other half of that package being radical environmentalists, and you're trying to come up with a policy that keeps both those parties happy. The part, the policy is not going to make any sense whatsoever. And that's why we have what we have. We have, uh, money, power, hungry, Saudi connected Democrats and radical green new deal environmentalists like AOC working hand in hand to form the policy of a nation that is seeing common sense fall apart just as fast as, uh, the sense is falling apart in, uh, Joe Biden's dementia riddled old age. (laughs) His brain is like Swiss cheese, isn't it? Um, <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> I just had a full-on snore. That's so good. <laughs> now, uh, before we move on, because we're almost done the show and we have some chats to get to, uh, yep. further shout out to my MP, Garnet Jenis, who had a great question period the other day where he pointed out that the reliance on Russian gas has limited the ability of European partners to sanction Putin. We're looking at you, Germany. Um, so why don't we, why don't we, uh, roll that clip? Because some of the solution there is liquefied Canadian natural gas and fracking, frack the daylights out of everything, liquefy it and ship it. But getting those approvals done is almost impossible too. So why don't we roll Garnet's clip? Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister Secretary says that building pipelines takes too long. That's been our point for a very, very long time, Mr. Speaker. Let's speed up that process and let's put in place these measures for the long term. Europe's reliance on Russian gas has constrained its ability to sanction Russia. And some European countries are less dependent on Russian gas but rely heavily on coal. Europe needs energy, Mr. Speaker, and Canadian natural gas is safer than Russian gas and it's cleaner than coal. So when will the government realize the need to significantly increase energy exports to Europe and put in place the measures to ensure that going forward? The Honourable Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Natural Resources. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And again, I would like to direct the member opposite to the the International Energy Agency's actual report, a 10-point plan to reduce European Union's reliance on Russian natural gas. It points to renewables. It points to wind and solar. It points to many solutions that they have made and that they are working on. Renewables are part of the solution to the energy security issue in Europe. The honorable member. It's so perfect okay, that she accidentally stop. said solar. It needs to be all. Let's just stop because renewables are the reason that yeah. Russian is so powerful. Russia yeah. funded the opposition to fossil fuels. Knowing full well the opposition to fossil fuels, the solution to that problem was wind and soiler, as the lady yeah. said. <laughs> Freudian um, slip, because it doesn't work. Exactly. So oh. Russia knew 
the the alternatives yes. don't work. So they're happy to fund people to embrace the alternatives while selling Europe the solution, which 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 was natural gas. And these people yeah. still don't get it. Your green pursuit yeah. enabled the Russian war machine and has made Germany compromised. And yet they want to do more of the same. It's yeah. fascinating. We need yeah. solar. Whatever the problem is, it's, it's, uh, it's, we need solar panels. That's a new solution. It used to be that other thing we needed and it was the solution to everything that I'm not going to talk about on YouTube. Now it's solar panels. We absolutely need solar panels for everything. You know, one of the things I have to say, that's a bit of a, a breath of fresh air and uh, Garnet Garnet's generally been okay, but he hasn't been very outspoken. Um, so he is, yeah. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping with Aaron O'Toole gone, some of these people who have been awfully quiet for the last little while, um, whether it be Leslie Lewis or uh, Pierre Polyev or whoever decides to put their hand in the ring, God willing, not John Charest. Um, but if, if there is more, whether it be conservative or whether it be non-totalitarian, which is funny for all Aaron O'Toole's niceties, no one was allowed to say anything or have any opinions on anything. Um, people who wanted to talk to us, who wanted to, who talk about issues were basically under the impression that they couldn't because of Aaron O'Toole. Um, these people are starting to be authentically conservative. Now this doesn't excuse the fact that they were elected representatives and they weren't doing their jobs as elected representatives necessarily by caving to Aaron O'Toole for fear of being whipped. And I mean that in the political sense, but it is, it is encouraging to see some genuine conservatism now that Aaron O'Toole is gone. And hopefully it's the uh, start of a new era and enlightenment of sorts for conservative politics in Canada. Yeah, you know, that's something that Aaron O'Toole sort of smothered right out of the party. We've got a real dearth on the conservative side of young, snippy, really conservative MPs. And yeah. yet... Under Aaron O'Toole, it felt like the sun could only shine on one. You sort of saw how he shuffled um, Pierre Polyev out of finance critic because he was, I think, yeah. a little too good. <laughs> he was a little too sharp, a little too bold. Conservatives liked him a little bit too much and were saying, why isn't that guy the leader? And so yeah. we're seeing now that, that that has sort of been unchained and you're seeing young, snippy, smart conservatives like Garnet, like I always knew he was, um, yep. coming to life and just nailing it on all the right points right now. I hope to see more yep. of it. I embrace it. I want to see more <laughs> young conservatives laying waste to the liberals in the House of Commons going forward. Yeah, we need more Garnets, more Toms, more Dan Williams, these types of guys to step up and take their rightful place. Some of the old guard, um, very yeah. much like we saw, and unfortunately Kenny's falter, but with Redford, um, that sort of old guard status quo, very much becoming progressive because they figured they had the conservative vote anyways. Uh, no, people want some authentic politicians that uh, espouse their values and uh, might take a little while, but they're bloody well going to get it because that's who they're going to vote for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a it's a blessing and a curse to have all those conservative principles where you can't vote for a guy just because he's wearing your your jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, let's yeah. get through some of these chats. We don't have a ton left, so we'll be wrapping up at a pretty like a close time to the the end of the show. And we stayed on YouTube the whole time. Pretty good. Amazing. Pretty careful with these comments pre-read pre-read <laughs> i know i know i know and i didn't um becca henderson gives us a buck garnet jenis yes is proposing a bill to address political discrimination under the federal human rights act well Re well becca we got to it so i hope that satisfies your chat yeah. twinks 
gives us a buck. Trudeau should be institutionalized like Biden. He needs to undergo mental analysis. He's criminally insane. I don't know, but there is something wrong with him. I think there's maybe something makes a cameo in the new Batman movie, new villain did in Arkham. Yes. Did you see the new movie? You did? Yeah. Yeah. Was it good? It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. It's, it's far more not to get into movie review, but it is far more like realistic and gritty and detective-y. Um, so like, like it's, it's funny working in the field. Like there's like, reception issues and like like in the old movies and i'm not giving anything away plot wise here in the old movies he'd very coolly fly off a building with super tech this one it's a little more precarious when he has to jump off buildings and he's scared like it's 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 it, it, it could be a really rich dude in the world today doing most of this stuff and it's more about the detectives and the solving and the other thing too is there's very much sort of and this is all in the commercials so if you're very sticklery about about the the stuff but they sort of brought in some like zodiac killer elements and some real world sort of stuff so some of the aesthetics and the cypher stuff that's on the commercials and the trailers um is very sort of zodiac vibe so it feels more anchored in the real world but i'm a big christopher nolan fan love the batman trilogy the dark knight trilogy um this is up there though it's comparable key key i saw it with kian actually k2 uh, and he's obviously a big camera camera gearhead so uh some of the cinematography were like oh well you heard both of us gasp like oh that's so good yes it's uh, it's well worthwhile there's a little tiny bit of the sort of political correctness but if you really watch it the context is kind of it's it's making light of it to an extent but yeah it's good check it out worth a watch you know, only three hours gonna... too so three hours <laughs> yeah you know, it's hard to, to escape a movie, like to get through a movie that doesn't have just the Hollywood political garbage in there. And if you if you didn't watch everything that had that in there, you probably wouldn't watch very many movies at all. So, yeah. Uh, Twinks gives us a buck. Follow the money. China's behind everything. Environmental doublespeak, virus development, vaccine push, Putin's backing. Well, we if you do follow the money, the money from the green movement goes right back to the Kremlin, right? Like it's common knowledge. It's funny how the greens don't think that we all know this, but it's there. Uh, MK ultra gives us four bucks. Blocking of local oil and money printing inflation is a war against the middle class. Cheap energy is what gives us such a high standard of living. Yeah. It's appalling to fill up my deep yeah. these days it's terrible oh, yeah and all all of these oh we're doing things for the middle class the middle class are suffering in my community uh like facebook group it's like what was your heating bill where, where is cheaper gas available it used to be like how can we help each other what can we do for the community the the middle class has gone from like trying to get into the upper middle class to trying to survive get food on the table yeah. and fuel things and the wild thing is while these people won't put these pipelines in won't bring down the cost of things george takai has the audacity to say we can all pay a little bit more for the war effort which is like conservative world war two, like chip in to get a bullet for your next best buddy. Like um, yeah. the, the audacity. And then they're saying, Oh, we're making things. Rachel Notley. We need to make things cheaper. Kenny's hurting people drop the carbon tax, open pipelines, yeah. get out of our way so we can afford to buy our kid a toy instead of spending 200 bucks to fill our gas tank. That Stop. insufferable Bad. woman. 
that yeah. insufferable woman complaining about the cost of energy. And it's like, you brought in a carbon tax specifically designed yeah. to make energy more expensive. And then you started closing coal mines. So I don't yeah. want to hear you complain about the cost of energy. You did that. Yeah. You yeah. For her pursuit of green energy, she laid waste to Alberta's coal communities. Now Freaking I gotta listen Kremlin, to her. Kremlin operative. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> every tweet, Kremlin every operative. tweet. Every tweet well, she that she tweets, the, the the only <laughs> reply you need to say is carbon tax to everything yeah. she says. Carbon tax. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Carbon tax. Yeah. Yeah. She's a Kremlin operative. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Twinks, whether she knows it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think she does. No, I'll I'll be there to remind her though. Don't worry. Uh, Twinks Thank you. gives us two bucks. Re-renewables, you're so right, Sheila. And nuclear just creates more weaponry in more ways than one for the megalomaniacs of the world. I'm not against nuclear. Small footprint, no. it's clean and tidy. Um, as long as it can be done, you know, not on a fault line, not where yeah. uh, tsunamis might hit it, you know, not in... Uh, well, now war zones where it's used as like yeah. a dirty bomb. It could be, yeah. um, but I'm not against. Did you see Musk's tweet? Where Musk just said, tweeted about nuclear. He'd go it. eat. Yeah, fun. yeah. He he said we need nuclear. He said we need oil and gas. We need nuclear. Like he's like, I don't want to say this right now. And he's like, and he's like, he went to Fukushima and ate locally grown food to prove how not dangerous sure. it was. And he's like, and he said, name a location where there's a nuclear, uh, an operating nuclear plant. I will go to the nearest farm and eat. Like, he's like, I just want people over, uh, over worry about how potentially dangerous it can be. The other thing too, and I, this is actually, I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I could be wrong, but most of these, uh, nuclear reactors where there's issues or they're unsafe are like from 1968. They're like Soviet built 1968 things. Yeah. It's like comparing the safety of a vehicle with no seat belts to like an extremely safe modern vehicle with crumple zones. And, um, yeah, there you go. So there's this, uh, the radiation risk is much, much lower than people believe, but the safety measures and implements, like these places can be lit on fire and bomb. The Fukushima reactor, I think was built in 67 or, or something or early seventies or late sixties. So the technology has come so far, there's automatic safeguards that can shut down. And basically you're left with a very small radioactive zone, especially in a country like Canada that has so much vast space. You can put something in total isolation, unlike damming, which destroys numerous communities and and people have to be moved off their land and paid off their land yeah. this is a relatively small imprint so yeah I'm not, I'm not against it yeah a tiny footprint we've got a lot of barren area in this country where we could just dig down and store something um in perpetuity yeah. i'm i'm not against nuclear um especially if you care about greenhouse gas emissions i definitely don't yeah. but the left keeps telling me they do and you know nuclear is no emissions so yeah um i think uh i think that brings us to the end of the show um and we're only 10 minutes over which is actually quite good for us it's a record that's a record for us <laughs> it's free um, content bonus content right right uh, nobody yeah. expects us to end right on the hour that's crazy. no no yeah. except maybe our producers who are like good stuff to do <laughs> Good thing we're not in studio. We can't see them tapping their watch. So we're driving the show, okay? 
Anyways, yeah. we should uh, wrap the show up. I know I have things to do. I know you definitely have things yeah. to do. I know they need the studio. Uh, so <laughs> thank you to everybody who tuned in. Thank you, Adam, for being my co-pilot on the show. Thank you to, to his producer um, and her co-pilot there in studio. Thank you to everybody who pitched in and made a donation to keep the lights on here at Rebel News. And thanks to everybody who shares our content to make sure that uh, we get around the metering and smothering of big tech that keeps our content away from the eyeballs of people who could potentially be supporters. So thank you for doing that. And I'm back here tomorrow with David Menzies, I think, probably, hopefully. And as David always says, stay sane. As you know, uh, a number of years ago, we put forward a uh, defense plan that included increasing our defense spending by 70 percent. But we also recognize that uh, the context is changing rapidly around the world, and we need to make sure that the women and men who serve in the Canadian Armed Forces have all the equipment necessary to be able to stand strongly, as we always have as members of NATO. And we will uh, continue to look at what more we can do.